Who are the people in your life that you are uniquely positioned to reach and disciple? And what's keeping you from making the gospel known to them? That's what we're going to be focusing on on this episode of the Culture Bus Tools podcast. Well, hey there, my name's Chris Rivers. I want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. In each episode, we explore leadership strategies that increase your capacity and effectiveness with people. Currently, we've been focusing on the Archippus series, a process to help Christ followers understand the importance of personal ministry and how to live that out. If you're new to the series, consider going back and starting episode 27 titled The Archippus Assignment with Robbie Richard. That'll catch you up to speed with where we are today. In today's episode, Chad Merrill, the lead pastor of North Rock Hill Church, and I will be discussing part four of the series, and we're focusing on Colossians chapter one, verses 24 through 29. So consider taking a moment, pause this episode and read those verses. All right, well, let's jump in and hear my interview with Chad. Hey, Chris, it's good to be with you again today, man. Fall is in the air. Yes, it is, sir. I know you were in the woods this morning setting up that deer stand. You see anything good? A lot of lot of promise over there. We're uh, we're going out tonight for the for our first sit to see if uh, see if the deer cooperate or not. It's kind of my favorite season of the year is bow season, man. I love it. Well, I hope that you get something soon. So, hey, man, we're going to be talking today about Colossians one verses twenty four through twenty nine. A couple thoughts that I want to double tap on with you as we think about this idea of understanding the importance of personal ministry and how to live that out. The first principle was that surrender isn't losing, it's strengthening. Man, what did you mean when you put some of that stuff together and you were thinking through that? Really, Chris, it's that counterintuitive call to follow Jesus in the first place, right? It's yeah. There's this element of dying to self, of surrendering to the purposes of Christ. And I think when I read this passage, what I'm seeing is Paul really build out for the for the church at Colossae an understanding of salvation, mm-hmm. and what it does in us, and what it saves us into. And so, mm-hmm. when we surrender to the one who has brought us into right relationship, and when we surrender into to the one who offers us salvation, we really are being strengthened because anytime we hear that word stewardship, like he uses in in uh, in verse 25, he says. I became a minister according to the stewardship from God given to me for you. I think stewardship is the key, right? So we surrender yeah. to the expectations of the one who gives us strength in the first place. Hmm. I think that's the key. That's good. There seems to be a correlation between suffering for the gospel and experiencing Christ's strength, which is so countercultural. I mean, Paul said, when I'm weak, he is strong. Why do you think it, it is difficult for us to surrender in that way? Mostly because we're American, I think. Um, <laughs> we, I think we, we really have, uh, have to unpack how much of the gospel understanding in our, in our minds and hearts is, is just American mm-hmm. culture. You think about what, we, what we're told and, and kind of how we sell the American dream, even the things that make our country great, is you can pick yourself up by your bootstraps. You can be anything you want to be. You can be the first in your family to go to college, start a business. You, know, you can uh, get a scholarship. You can do all these things. And we, we start applying the, the gospel to our lives that way, and we forget what the gospel cost our Savior. Mm. What a hum- what a humble act it was for him to come here and to to walk among us and to feel what we feel and be emotionally damaged by people who who um, 
who are abusive and mean and, and sinful. And he did all those things. He felt all those things. He walked among us. And then he looked around at us and thought, I love them so much. I'm going to do something for them that they can't do for themselves. Mm. And so I think, man, it's, it's not a very popular conversation and we shouldn't, um, I don't know that we need to just wallow in it either and feel holy if we're, if we're in a, in a state of sadness or something. Mm-hmm. But I think that over and over we're, we're reminded in scripture that the call to follow Jesus is a call to come and die to everything that's natural to us. There's mm-hmm. been something extended to us that will always go against the grain and mm-hmm. against the wave of culture. And so it should be harder. It should, uh, there, there should be a, a constant reminder of our own ineptitude and our own unworthiness and, and a call to lean into the, to the grace and mercy of Jesus that he allows us to follow him. If not, we just think it's about us and we kind of drift away. And yeah. um, I, heard, I heard a statement one time that really I think registers here because most of us would still, you know, in the social media world, we, we would still say, well, I'm doing better than that guy or I'm doing better than I used to be. Comparison's mm-hmm. easy. But I heard this statement one time and he, he said, the, the, the path to follow Jesus is a narrow one. And, and one step off course, left uncorrected, will leave us miles and miles off course over time. Mm. And I think that's what happens, Chris. I don't think most of us take a big <clears throat> nosedive off course. We take one misguided, prideful step or something, or one step for our own benefit instead of the kingdom. And then we start walking that out. And we look around one day, and it's a very convicting thing to find that we're not living our purpose. We're not stewarding grace and mercy for the good of others and for the glory of God. Mm. We've been kind of doing it for us. Yeah, Um, It's it's just Mm. true about us, man. Yeah, I mean, I find oftentimes in my own life that I can become stale when I do make knowledge the ultimate goal of my relationship with my, with Christ. You know, it's, it's how can I know him more? And it becomes about studying and, and content. And even our weekend services can sometimes for many people be the only thing that anybody really consumes. It's that it's not really a not getting in the game. And I think obedience is knowledge is not strength, but I think obedience is strength. I think we have to find a way to put in motion the stewardship responsibility that we've been given. As you said, that Paul um, in, in verse 25, I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. So he felt on the hook for people. Like it wasn't yeah. just enough to know what, who God was. It was, it was, man, let, let me help you know how to apply this and put this in motion in your life. And so I think there's a call for us even, and that's where we have to surrender. I think that's where it's hard because we actually have to live what we, what we read. And in order to do that, you can't be stale. <laughs> you you got to be moving, you know, it's like a, it's like a pond of water, you know, if, uh, water that hasn't been sitting gets bad. And if we're not careful, we, I know for me, I sometimes can just get still and that becomes cruddy nasty water where i've got to have that current where i've got to keep moving where i've got to keep applying where i got to keep being obeying i got to listen to the word and i got to figure out how do i apply this today and i think this idea of ministry personal ministry of being on the hook for people of getting involved in people's life and meeting their needs and helping them grow in their relationship with christ i mean i think that is the key to accomplishing the mission uh, it just all connects. It is part of our purpose. So I don't know anything else you'd say about that. 
Yeah, I think just the the we say it a lot at our church that the call to be a disciple is found in the invitation to be one. Jesus said, follow me, I will make you fishers right. of men. He's basically saying, hey, follow me, and uh, I'm going to make you into something that you are not. Hmm. And so he, he doesn't invite them into just knowing more about him. He doesn't invite them into uh, just some deeper dive into theology. But instead, hmm. he says in John 1, the, 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 the request to follow him is come and see. Hmm. And so walk with me, get to know me and join me in what I'm doing. And hmm. um, I think that's just really key. I, I think, you know, when we look at Jesus's prayer uh, in John 17, he said to said to his father, I've done the work that you've given me. And that he means I've made disciples so I can come back to heaven because you're you, you can you can receive me back because they're going to be here. And then he goes on at the end of that prayer. And I miss this all the times I've ever read it. But he prays for us. Like he, he says, Lord, I'm not just praying for these who know you. I'm praying for those who will know you because of them. Hmm. And so like there's this there's this marching orders. There's this expectation that is expressed from the one we call Lord. Hmm. And so, again, right back to Colossians 125, Paul's modeling it for the church. I became a minister according to the stewardship from God. It was given to me for you. I'm doing it so you can do it so that we can make the word of God fully known. And man, what a privilege, right? I mean, what a yeah. privilege. That's that's so much better than a peaceful, calm life like you were describing where, where you know, calm water grows stagnant. Yeah. Um, it, it's such a, it's such a better, uh, a better life. But our, our tendency, man, our tendency is always going to be towards our comfort, mm. uh, toward, towards our pleasures and our preferences. Surrender feels like we're losing something yeah but we're actually gaining from the from the strength and the availability of the holy spirit working through us what a, what a strong strong message yeah. from paul i love it so i mean just practically speaking i mean what have been some things what are some things in your life that you feel have helped you learn how to build a competency towards surrender oh wow um a friend of mine is is the athletic director at Winthrop University, and uh, he he has this saying, uh, and and I, I can't remember if it's his or he got it from a philosopher. He's a smart guy; he's always reading reading philosophers. But he said that most of the journey of our becoming like Christ lies in creating separation for our soul away from our heart's desire to consume. Hmm. And uh, that's that's deep, man. When he said that, I was floored. I had to pre preach right after he said that, and I was kind of trying to hurry up and repent of of conviction. Um, but I think what I've tried to do is realize that um, there has to be a necessary check in my life of of um, am I comfortable? You know, yeah. am I am I involved in conversations that are stretching me? Or am I just telling people what they want to hear? Am I involved in activity where if God doesn't show up, I'm in big trouble? Or am I only doing things that I know how to do? Mm. Um, am, am, am I living in my marriage in a way that that shows my wife that I'm following Jesus and um, mm. instead of just doing what I can? You know, those. I think it's that, that wow. constant question. And um, the second part, I think, would be, you know, David was known as a man after God's own heart, right? And I, I think the reason he was called that was because he was a man in pursuit of God's own heart. 
And he did things like Psalm 139, where he says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I rise, you know when I sit, you know me better than I know myself. And then at the end of that Psalm, he says, so search me, know me, and point out anything in me that offends you. Wow. Um, And so I've tried to make a discipline of praying that prayer and asking myself the comfort question, Hmm. Uh, just just out of self-awareness that my tendency is always going to be uh, towards um, self-confidence, self-comfort, and um, self-reliance. Self-reliance. Maybe that's a that's a probably a better word for all of it. Even Chris, that's good. Yeah, I mean, we. uh, I mean, it's so it's so easy to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. I mean, there's been no there's been no time in history where. I mean, even you think about the different generations of people like Gen Z is is filled with um, with communication on the Internet. They can get anything that they want I mean, you can do anything that you want, really. And very, very rarely do we say no to ourselves. And I think one of the challenges that I find constantly is just having that accountability, which I think is part of good stewardship, which is being I mean, even you and I doing these calls and doing Marco Polo daily almost now for, for almost a month now has been so good for me just to like recalibrate with you and not be self-reliant on myself. Cause I get, cause I, I get into my own narrow way of doing something. Like you said, I could take one step to the left and I'm miles away from, from purpose, but having guys like you in my life and, and other men like James, who was on the podcast recently, um, Tim Wixon, that's another guy in my life. I mean, just having that kind of checkpoint in my life, uh, it's kind of like the checkbook, you know, most, most of us don't have many checkbooks anymore, but yeah. you have that checkbook to the registry. You look at that to make, I remember when I first got a checkbook and I was like, what is this? You know? And I'm like, okay, I spent $25 and 16 cents. So I would write that in the registry, right? You know, and then I'd spend $5 and then it would, I would minus that from the column. And we don't do that anymore. You know, like yeah. we don't really have this, um, this, this tool in front of us that helps us be, be surrendered, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't know what that looks like, um, but it is a challenge for us. Yeah, I think there just has to be a change in our heart that we want things that are bigger than us, right? And yeah, so I have I have four people in my life. One's my brother, one's my wife, and then two friends of mine that have full access to my entire life. They can ask me whatever they want, whenever they want, and I'm committed to answer them. And if they sense that I'm hiding from them, then then they'll call me on it. Right. And and most of the time I can't hide from them because they're coming to me to tell me things they see even before I see it. Yeah. But I think there just has to be this openness, this awareness, this fundamental, this fundamental thing in my heart that says, even the things I'm unaware of, I want to know them so that I can live more purposeful so that I can steward what has been given to me from God more intentionally. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about life, Chris, I know you're training for one of those crazy runs that you do where you go run like 20 miles in the woods or something. Um, <laughs> you know, you're not getting there by watching videos about it, right? You have, to, you have to go in and you have to put in the sweat equity. I mean, everything that's good for us costs us something. 
Yes. Everything that is valuable costs us something. The reason that we have equity in our homes, the reason we have equity in our stock options or whatever it might be in our retirement account is because it costs us something. Uh, mm -hmm. The things that prolong life, they cost us something. And so I think there's just this habit of awareness and a habit of accountability, uh, introspection that have to come. Like, Lord, what am I doing with what you have given me? And is it for my glory or is it for yours? And man, that's a humbling question. Uh, yeah. Because as you know, especially in the church, you and I can stand up front and be talented and skillful in our positions or acumen. And people will applaud us all the way as we honor self, not the Lord. And we have to be open at a heart level to something different. That salvation wasn't just fire insurance. It was God coming down to redeem us, to reconcile us, and to bring us along as he glorifies his Father and mm -hmm. strengthens us in his spirit. Um, what a powerful, powerful thing. And so I would just challenge our listeners to listen to, to read John 17 and really pay attention to the words of Jesus's prayer and how he said what he said in that prayer was before he went to the cross and before he was resurrected. And it gives such a picture to how the human follower of Jesus should be walking it out on earth. It's so it's a special prayer. And I think it'll bless you. Well, man, that's good, Chad. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I feel like that was rich and uh, we got we, we know what we need to do next. For sure. We need to invite accountability. Uh, we also need to just take a look around and, and, and just really ask some of these questions like, who are the people in my life that I am uniquely positioned to reach and disciple? Mm. What's keeping me from making the gospel known to them? Jesus yeah. said that he had everybody commissioned to reach the world, to go into the world and make disciples, teaching them to obey the ways of the Father. At His authority, we have, we have been commissioned to do that. And so we have to be reminded that where we go every day is on purpose. It's ordained by God. And He had in mind a mission of His for us as we walk through those spaces and times and the places we work, the places we play. And um, Man, just this whole thing where we started with the Archbishop's glasses all the way to now, I think it's just a constant reminder of when our identity changes, our purpose has changed as well. Well, as we wrap up today's episode and part four of the Archbishop series, I want to thank you for joining us. The goal of this series has been to help Christ followers recognize the importance of replicating their faith in Jesus and developing a renewed passion for disciple making. In each series, we've been providing a stretch assignment to help you create forward movement with the ideas shared. These assignments are great to work on together with your tribe as they provide conversation that will help your entire team unite around these principles. If you're new to the podcast, consider signing up to receive these tools in your inbox with each new episode. You can head on over to culturebus.cc forward slash podcast to sign up. Join us next week as we jump back into the series and learn what it means to discover the importance of personal ministry and how to live it out. All right, I'll see you next time on the Culture Bus Tools podcast.